Welcome, everybody. It's your host, Rick, and this is Get Unstuck, Live Happy and Free, a podcast that I hope uh, will definitely help you out in life with some of the crap that we all got to go through. Um, please uh, do check out the show notes. You'll see some uh, great resources there, links to our guests. And please uh, check out the donation links if you can, or buy me a gosh darn coffee if you like. I'm happy to take it um and really do appreciate it helps keep the show alive uh like i say you can link up with our guests as well there so if you hear somebody on the show that you're interested in what they do or want to read their books or whatever uh, you can see the links uh, for them in the show notes as well if they've got some um and yes and please check out uh, on redbubble.com you just go redbubble.com and do a search for studio 17 designs um, that's studio and then the number 17 designs with a letter Z. Uh, they've got uh, some great funny and inspirational like birthday and holiday, Halloween, Christmas and stuff for dancers, I think, and movie and TV business folks, but just for everybody. Um, so great inspirational uh, sayings and slogans and funny stuff that, you know, you can throw onto a T-shirt or a hat or a mug and put it at your desk at work when you're having a crappy day and lift your spirits up. Um, but uh, please support them as well. Hopefully it can help you get through some of the crappy stuff that we all go through. And uh, now we're just continuing on with part two of the last podcast. So check out part one of this. So you know where we left off and what the hell we're talking about. Enjoy. So for a younger audience, I think it's important to instill in them that there's no shame in asking for help or seeking help. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times with some of these older generations, we've already got that, that idea, right. That, you know, therapy is for, or is for people who are sick and mm -hmm. asking yeah. for help makes you weak and mm -hmm. doing, you know, if and doing anything, instead. yeah, Right. Yeah. Doing anything other than doing it yourself is, you know, a problem. Right. And so getting over that early and instilling the fact that like, it's okay to not know the answer. It's okay to not know what the next step is. It's okay to, you know, be totally lost as long as you're willing to, you know, ask for directions right. and, and ask for help. And so if we can get that idea out to to young folks, especially young men who are, yes. you know, growing up in this, in this world of, you know, trying to figure out whether or not they're allowed to cry and wear pink. Right. Um, you know, we want them to know that asking for help doesn't make them weak. It doesn't make them less of a man. Mm -hmm. So that, I think that's where I would start with, with young folks and yeah. wanting them to know that that's, that's an okay thing. Yeah. Cause especially, you know, uh, you know, amongst your friends. I mean, I'm thinking back to when I was, the, you know, 13, let's say, I mean, it's like, how much, you know, do you want your, how much do you want to feel like an outcast amongst your friends or potentially mm -hmm. lose your friends or have your friends think differently of you because you say, you know, oh, well, I, I've got to go to my counseling appointment. You know, I mean, right. I, I can I remember, 
you know, uh, friends whose parents uh, were divorced and they were going to a counseling session, well, even or just that their parents were divorced. That sort of, I know it had an effect on them. You know, they would tell me that later in life when we got older, um, you know, that they didn't feel the same as others. And, you know, um, they didn't want to be the one who was from the, you know, divorced family or et cetera. Um, and yet, you know, the ones that seem perfect on the outside have an even worse situation at home and something that should have been solved a long time ago. And at least their family, you know, the ones who are feeling guilty or, or, or different, um, you know, or embarrassed or whatever, it's like, at least they're getting help. And at least they're going down a much healthier road, as opposed to the yes. other ones that, you know, continue to hide it and, you know, ends up being explosion and the police show up at your door, right? Because it ends up in domestic violence. Um, yep. So for, so for, let's say a group of parents, um, besides, you know, trying to instill in them, like, hey, let your kids know that it is okay, <laughs> um, you know, mm -hmm. to reach out. Um, what other things might you, you know, talk about to a group of parents? So for parents, I would say it is never too early to start having these conversations and start talking to them about domestic violence and, and um, toxic relationships. And people mm -hmm. say, you know, I can't start talking to my kid that young. Um, you know, they won't understand. You have no idea what, mm. what's going on in their like personal lives. You want mm. them to feel comfortable coming to you and talking about talking about these things with you because the only other place they're going to get this information is from, you know, the internet and from their friends. And we all know what's bouncing around yeah. out on the internet yeah. just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true, right? Right. Yeah. 100%. So I think that parents have this fear of you know, if they start talking to their kid about something that they're going to make them go out and do it. Mm. But that that's really not the case. And we have studies that show that. And, you know, one in three teens is already in an abusive relationship. And that's when we have that stat, it's from 11 to 17 years old. So, mm. I mean, it's starting a lot younger than we even know, or we think about as parents. So, you know, having those conversations and starting that toxic, toxic relationship conversation with a young kid doesn't have to be about sex because you can have toxic relationships with friends. You can have them with family members. You can have yeah, them absolutely. with bosses and coworkers and the whole nine yards. So you can start that conversation really young by saying, you know, your friends shouldn't make you feel this way. If they are, it's not a friend. Right. And and then developing the conversation from there. But the more you talk about these hard to talk about topics, the more your teens and your kids and they're going to feel comfortable coming to you when they are experiencing something that they want help with. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, relating that to my own as, as you're talking and, and I can see that, you know, at times when they've reached out, um, it's likely because I, I, you know, have always tried to just make it a safe spot you know to come to talk to dad you know about this or that and just literally say hey, if there's anything going on you know i'm always here and etc cetera, etc cetera. um but i think you're you know you're totally right about you've got to be proactive about it as well i mean if you're an adult mm -hmm. and you're a parent um you, you actually need to be proactive it can't be just only well i'm here to chat if you need it i mean right. I, I think you know that that's not enough in this day and age uh, i think you do have to 
you know, leave a pamphlet out sometime or, you know, ask a question, you know, here and there, you know, to start a bit of a conversation. Or sometimes you just literally have to, you know, be the one who is, you know, uh, putting some information out there. Um, yeah. And even, even if the reaction is like, oh my God, I don't want to hear that. Oh, don't tell me that mom or, oh dad, uh, I don't want to hear that from you or whatever. It's like, I know, I know, but I just, you know, if you're going to hear it's it, important. yeah, it's important. I just want you to hear from me, you know, at least, or if you have any questions about it, you see, we've, well, I brought it up already. So you don't have to be shy to come ask me about it. You know, yep. if it does come up or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, and, and I think uh, using the media and, you know, TV shows and stuff like that to start those conversations, yeah, like, great. you know, you can use whatever's happening around you to kind of prompt it so that you don't feel as awkward just bringing it up out of nowhere. Yeah, just sitting there and watching something together, you know, is is a great thing to do, I, I have found. Um, yeah. And there's, there's a great, um, and, and actually somebody on a podcast the other day, um, I was talking about this, uh, uh, I forget what the VIA, I guess it's called VIA. And it's like basically your needs and values uh, assessments, right? Like a test you can take online. And uh, I'll stick that down in the show notes for anybody who's listening and wants to do it. Um, but, you know, psychologists that have developed this over the years and they've tweaked it here and there. Um, but basically, you know, it's a, you know, 15 minute thing that, that you take for yourself. Um, and, you know, there's a big difference between your needs and your values. It's like needs are your absolutes, you know, things that just they're kind of non-negotiable for you. Um, and then values are more of like the things that you want and you prefer. Um, but uh, this person, they did it for themselves and they started to look at their own relationships, relationships and were like, huh, gee, no wonder we always get in a fight because this is one of my needs and I don't get that need met, you know, by my partner. So now I really see it more clearly um, because sometimes it's just hard to figure out, you know, why a situation isn't working or, you know, just for self-examination, you know, to know mm -hmm. thyself. Right. Um, yep. But she had her, uh, I think 13 year old um, son do it as well and realize, you know, something a value to him something that he loved or wanted was humor that was like top of his list um, and just how they would interact um, at the end of the day when he would you know get picked up from school by her you know her questions were not something that he wanted to talk about all right um was, and and got kind of the uh it was fine mom it was okay mom but when she actually knew what was important to him because he was willing to do this, you know, test as well too. Um, now she changed her line of questioning around. And when, when he would get in the car, she would say, Hey, so what was freaking really funny today at school? And then he would liven up and he would tell, you know, some funny story that, you know, happened uh, at lunchtime with his friends or, and we get them talking, right? So at least it would get them talking and conversing. And then, you know, that can transition in, into something else. Um, and so I'm curious uh, from, again, from your work uh, point of view, have there been things that you have just learned either by doing or by experience or by training or statistics that, you know, are, are put in front of you that you then use in conversations with the public, um, you know, or those that you're trying to help or those that you're putting in handcuffs, uh, any, any things that, that you'd like to share um, with folks out there that, you know, were, were things that you learned. So 
I learn things every single day there in this go. job because, <laughs> because, you know, you're never, you're never in the same situation twice. So even when you think that, you know, exactly what's happening, mm. most of the time you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've, I guess always, I was taught this growing up, but then it's really just proved to be so true is that you know, when you talk to someone, regardless of who they are, what their background is, or what their, you know, current situation is, when you talk to them like they're a human, and you treat them with respect, things are just going to go better, you know, and so I have arrested some people for some really bad things. And we've been able to converse and treat each other with respect. And, you know, they've thanked me as they're walking out the door after I just arrested them, mm. you know, because I, because I treated them like a human mm. and, you know, we, we preach that and we tell our kids that and somewhere along the line, a lot of times it gets forgotten and it, it gets like put on the back burner that, you know, we have to be authoritative and we have to show our dominance and we have to do all these things. But the truth is, if you just treat people like they're a human being and with respect and like you're no better than they are, no matter what the situation is, then that's how you have good experiences. That's how you get to know people. That's how you meet some of the greatest people. That's how you hear some of the greatest stories. And that's, that's how you have good interactions. So as silly as it sounds that that is the basic thing, it really is. Yeah. And how actually, um, has that played into your writing? I'm curious about, you know, the things that you have, have written. And I mean, do you have plans on, on writing more? I mean, obviously it's, as you say, it was, you know, it's very beneficial and cathartic for you to write. Um, so I'm wondering if you, you know, have more things in store that you plan to write about um, that, you know, come from any experience, whether it's personal or, or adolescence or as a, as a police officer or anything. Absolutely. I, I think it's really important to combine what I've learned as a police officer with my own experiences and then put them out in a um, simplified form because I actually didn't know some of the definitions of domestic violence and sexual assault and some of those like what we would consider basic things until I was a police officer, until I got that training. And so I think the problem is a lot of people experience these things, but they don't have the words to define it. They don't have the words to talk about it. So they just keep yeah. it bottled up inside and they hurt from it, but they don't know why. And so now that I have that terminology and I know what it's like from the police side, I try to put it out there and educate the younger populations and just people in general so that they also know what to look for so that they can define what's happening to them and they can recognize it either in themselves or in a friend or whatever so that they know because I think knowing and being able to name it is a huge part of dealing with it and healing from it yeah. so I always try to combine combine my experience and my police work when I'm when I'm writing and I am working on a third novel this one's going to focus a little bit on stalking and cyber stalking which I think is an mm, important thing very important and um and yeah I'll be I'll be using my personal experiences and my some of my police experiences in that one as well what um what advice I mean just from a personal standpoint or from your professional standpoint 
what advice uh, do you give folks out there, no matter what their age, who feel that, uh, you know, they are being uh, harassed online or, but, you know, I, I don't want to say because nothing is simple or small. I don't want to say that, okay, if they're being cyber bullied, but, you know, that, as we know, can turn into a fast tragedy as well. So, but just anyone who doesn't feel, you know, safe, um, or they may feel threatened or that they're like, holy crap, I think I made a huge mistake. And now that person knows this about me or my location or whatever. I mean, it, it's not, I mean, unfortunately, it's not like you can turn to Facebook or Instagram and be like, Hey, shit, I am freaking, you know, feel really scared now. Cause this, yes, you can report things and say, but I'm sorry, the people sitting up in Silicon Valley, they're not going to come to Nebraska and, you know, change the situation for you. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, what thoughts you might have on that. Yeah, the, the world of the internet and social media is really hard, even for law enforcement, because our, our laws have not caught up with the, the world of the internet. The, you yeah. know, the internet and social media and the way that we interact with each other is changing every day, and the laws do not. The laws change right. very, very slowly. Yeah. So it is... It is very difficult when someone does come to you, come to the police with, you know, cyber issues, because we know as police officers and as humans that it's very serious and that it can lead to very serious things and that it has all the same effects as, you know, physical stalking and physical harassment and all of those things. Mm -hmm. But it's just so much harder to deal with because of the way that the laws are lagging behind and things like that. So I think the first thing I would say is don't don't let that make you believe that it's any less serious Uh it's just because it's not um defined the same way or it's not as easy to deal with does not mean that it's not a serious thing and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't you shouldn't feel the way that you feel if it's happening so that would be the first thing i would say and i would say that um there are resources available on online which is horrible because that's where you're i I know but it's the good and the bad and the ugly right are all there but there are resources where you can can reach out and talk to other people who are experiencing that and you know kind of kind of get some emotional help there and have in-depth conversations with your law enforcement officers because sometimes there once you start to um, dig away at what's happening you can reach something that can be dealt with criminally Mm. Um, so there's there's that so you know sometimes when you present the very first thing like you know this person is sending me whatever online Mm -hmm. maybe that first thing isn't illegal in your state but maybe if you keep kind of working through the situation with an officer, you might be able to reach something where, you know, it's not, it's not, they might not be dealing with the actual issue, but you know, they're getting the point across kind of thing. Right. So don't be discouraged just because, you know, your state doesn't have a law that covers whatever it is that's happening to you. There might be other ways kind of around that. And, um, stalking in general is recognized as a crime in all 50 states. And most times, you can fit cyber stalking into that um, category. That law. Yeah. So, yeah, so there is hope for that, but it's hard because, you know, every single day 
the internet and social media makes advances and we are way behind. Right. Yeah. It is a, it's a that's a difficult problem for sure. Um, and actually, you know, since this is your opportunity to speak to people across the world and across the country, um, you know, is there anything that you would say to, you know, fellow uh, men and women in blue um, as far as, you know, you know, things that maybe you would like to see, uh, you know, done a little differently or a little better, or just a reminder to other folks. Um, because I, you know, I think about in different lines of work that I've been in where it's like, it doesn't matter what you are, you know, I mean, if you're a nurse or police officer or garbage collector, you know, it's sort of like, you have pride in what you do, but you see others that, you know, it's like, Hey man, you're making us look bad, you know, or like, I would just encourage you to do this or not do that or whatever. Um, I, cause when you were talking about the, 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 uh, internet stuff, it made me, I just, it popped into my head. Like, yeah, I can see like some 16 year old girl, you know, stopping, a. uh, you know, uh, somebody who's been on the force and I, I'm not saying this is true or stereotyping or anything, but let's say somebody who's on the force for 30 years, a male, um, you know, loves John Wayne movies and, you know, a 16 year old girl says, you know, Hey, this guy is sending me, you know, these pictures or, or, or doing this on the internet. And perhaps that, you know, law enforcement officer being like, well, there's nothing we can do about it. Sorry. Or like, well, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to use the internet. Obviously, you wouldn't want that reaction from any of your fellow, you know, uh, colleagues. Um, and hopefully no. that hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, is there anything that uh, you would say to, you know, help encourage, you, you know, uh, other colleagues for, I mean, for about anything? Yeah. You know, like I said earlier, being a victim and a police officer really did change the way that I speak to others because I recognize now some of some of my coworkers out there across the world were so focused on the arrest and what the law says is illegal and you know getting that arrest number and just dealing with the problem that we forget about all of the things that led up to whatever the problem is mm. and a lot of that in so many cases is emotional and it's not technically illegal. You know, you can't arrest someone for some of these tactics that are used in domestic violence every single day, but that doesn't mean that that victim isn't experiencing it. And right. that doesn't mean that that victim isn't, isn't deeply hurt by that. It just means you can't arrest the person for it. Mm. And so I would strongly encourage you know, all of my brothers and sisters in blue to really take that step back when they're dealing with a victim and stop focusing on maybe the reason for the call today and, you know, try to help with the overall problem. And, and that doesn't always mean arrest. Sometimes that means just offering resources. And sometimes that means just listening. Mm, and sometimes yeah. that's all, all you can do, but sometimes that's all, all they need. Right. So I definitely think that I've seen others be really focused on just the arrestable offenses when it comes to dealing mm. with victims of all sorts of crimes mm -hmm. and you really need to focus on the whole victim and remember that your job is to help them feel better not just arrest bad guys 
Right. Wow. That's a great way of saying it. I love that, Nina. <laughs> well, I know it's coming up close to the top of the hour. It flew by. Um, anytime you want to be on the show again, feel free to just, you know, use that link and book. I'd love to chat with you more. Um, and I'd love to just chat more uh, about your creative side too. I mean, that's like, I don't want to say it's a whole different person, right? But I mean, that's a whole another, you know, human inside of you. Um, yeah. and, and having done a lot in the creative, you know, industry myself, I'm always interested, you know, to chat with other creative minds about, you know, their work um, and how their work, you know, contributes to, you know, helping others, you know, get through this thing we call life. Um, so thank you so much Nina, for coming on today. I really do appreciate it. Um, you uh, have made a difference. Uh, you've given me some little golden nuggets that I can pass on to folks and for folks out there listening. Um, you see, here's, here's a cop, a police officer, policewoman, whatever, you know, terminology you use, who gives a damn, number one, um, and who understands, number two, and has been through the crap too, number three, believe it or not, and has kindness and compassion waiting for you. So when you're out there and maybe you are looking, you know, for some help somewhere and maybe you have a preconceived notion in your mind, uh, like maybe I just mistakenly did about that, uh, you know, 30 year on the force cop male who's going to turn the cold shoulder to the 16 year old girl who's trying to get some help. Maybe that's not the reaction you're going to get, right? So uh, just know that there's people who are ready, willing, and able and passionate about helping you, whether they're wearing a uniform, uh, they can be just like Nina, um, and uh, they might be right there, you know, around you closer than you think to help, uh, you know, lend a helping hand. So do reach out to folks, um, you know, and take one step at a time if you are feeling stuck. And once again, thank you, Nina, so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And to the rest of the audience out there, I hope this has helped you a little bit in your journey to get unstuck, live happy and free. We'll see everybody right back here. Same time, same place. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Thanks again, Nina. Bye now. Bye.